0: No hat for the second time this week. See, Rose, what's up, man? This is just straight out-of-bed hair right now, but I figured I'd what's it.
1: Okay, I'm being a company guy today. I just got a new hat. Oh, there we go. Both wearing our John Boy lids. I like it. Yeah.
0: What's this morning, man? I miss you.
1: Oh, well, here we are. We can talk. We're all good. A lot of good baseball. Real quickly, yesterday was the first Little League practice you had to coach.
0: Did you run them into the ground like I told you? We had a good practice. We had a good practice. I, I was actually really impressed with some of the things we were able to do. Um, we had some nice, like, infield work. I did run the kids a lot. They love running. That's the thing. that oh. their Kids' favorite part of practice is, like, running and racing and stuff like that. They're too young to know any better. Don't worry. That'll catch up with them in about three months. Then
1: they're going to be fish eyeing you every day at practice going, Really, Coach? We got to run again? Enough. With that being said, welcome, everybody, to baseball today. Hope everybody's doing great out there. Let's start at the uh, American League wildcard standings, which had a flip-flop. Boston with a dramatic win. The Yankees lose again to Toronto for the third straight day. So the Red Sox have a half-game lead, thanks in part to Hunter Renfro. Two-run shot in the eighth to give him the lead. And then backing up center field to nail Joey Wendell at third on what Wendell thought would be a two-out triple instead Ends the game with a throwout, which I thought was really cool. Big picture here. Is Boston better equipped than New York to make an October run?
0: I love with you leading with the absolute fire question that's going to get me in trouble. Uh, If you take a look at the teams, I would say yes, I do think Boston is better equipped for a playoff series. And I guess I have to explain why. Why? Uh, in my opinion, the Yankees are, you know, a little bit one-dimensional on offense. I think that's not like a crazy take. We know that they rely on hitting extra-base hits and slugging, and and you know, they live for the three-run homer. Uh, what's interesting, though, is if you go over to the Red Sox, who I think can, they can do that, but they can also manufacture runs. Uh, but if you go to the statistics, the Red Sox are better than the Yankees at scoring runs. Runs per game, they have scored more. They get on base more. They slug more, which means their OPS is higher. So statistically, they're just a better offensive team. The two teams pitching-wise, about the same. If Cole is healthy, I think maybe the Yankees have a better top three starters. Although you can argue that Eovaldi, um, Sale, and Tanner Hout could be okay. Better but than okay? I think the Red Sox were just a, They're – they're – better equipped for playoff series in my opinion because they can do different things on the offensive side to me there's one thing you won't find on a stat
1: sheet and that's grit boston seems to have it they have been decimated by this recent COVID run i mean every day it seemed like for about 10 straight days somebody was getting put on that list and not little guys big guys important guys to their lineup and their pitching staff and somehow not only have they kind of kept their head above water but they've played pretty damn good baseball real quickly I was so excited for the you know I'm not a Red Sox fan I'm an Indians fan so I didn't I didn't have a dog to fight last night but that Hunter Renfro play last night was phenomenal it's so rare you see a game end on a throw out at a base and to see it in that sort of atmosphere happening after a guy gives them the lead I thought that was so damn
0: cool I didn't you yeah, it's, you know, we always, say, it usually happens the other way around. You make a good defensive play and people are like, okay, get him up to bat. Like, the knock is coming. Well, yeah. it, you know, he got the hit first and then uh, and then through, uh, who was it? It was Wendell. Yeah, Wendell. Uh, man, when you start to have some success during a game, it just kind of snowballs. You get that confidence. So, Renfro's been kind of. Every time I look at Red Sox highlights, Renfro's been kind of all over him lately. So to have a guy like that step up when you're going through all like the COVID stuff like you're talking about, that's exactly what a team needs uh, during this part of the season. Everyone's going to be banged up. They need people to step up, and Renfro's been that guy. And by the way, everybody looks at the Red Sox, which they
1: are, as a large, large market team. But the, the smartest signing they made all offseason was Hunter Renfro for one year and $3.1 million after the Rays said, thanks, but no thanks and didn't tender him in the offseason. I mean, whoo! And it's one of the reasons I would pick the Red Sox as the correct answer to this question. The Yankees are too moody for me, man. Like, they're happy. Let's go win thir- 13 in a row. And then all of a sudden, let's turn around and drop 9 of 11. Like, stop. You know, I like consistency. You know, win 4 in a row, drop 2. Win 5 in a row, drop 2. You
0: know, that's okay. This stuff that's- is too much. That's that's the uh, the hot and cold offense. Um, yeah. If you're not if you're striking out as much as they strike out, and and you get a bunch of guys together on that page, it's going to be really tough for you. But when you get hot, which this could happen at any moment, if they all get hot at the same time, look out! That lineup could be absolutely explosive, and they could put ten runs up in a game. But that's not necessarily what you want your offense uh, looking like come playoff time, because it's v- because the pitching. Gets trimmed down. It's the best of the best. And um, the strikeouts are going to start to pile up. If, I mean, obviously they have already.
1: All right, let's move on to uh, the shenanigans that happened in Atlanta the last couple of nights. Juan Soto gets hit on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, the national start. Uh, Sean Nolan, first at bat against Freddie Freeman, throws behind him, then hits him. Umpires get together, decide to toss Nolan. Later in the game, Juan Soto hits one four sixty two off of Rodriguez to give them the lead in the seventh inning. So what was more interesting to you? Was it the hitting of the guys or the Soto hitting the smash that gave the
0: Nets eventually the win? This is like the hill that I'll die on. I hate that pitchers hit hitters intentionally. I think it's so stupid. Freddie, I think, after the game said that Will Smith didn't hit Juan Soto on purpose. Seems a little strange to me. They have some history together. I guess it was like Juan got too close on the on-deck circle. Yeah, he
1: apparently Will Smith in a, in a 2020 game did not like where Juan Soto. You know how you guys sometimes when you're in the on-deck circle move closer to home plate so you can get a better look? And he didn't like that. And then Soto took him deep, stood there and looked at it, and Will Smith motherfucked him. And he held on to it all this time, and then the other night when it was a three-run lead, it wasn't a one-run lead, it was a three-run lead, and he plunked Soto.
0: When you get – I could go forever on this. I know I only have 20 minutes in this show. You can't see anything from the on-deck circle. I don't care how close you get. Guess what? There's video. I can go straight behind you and watch your pitches. If I'm standing at a weird angle on the in the on-deck circle, I'm not getting any more advantage. Pitchers like need to chill out on all this stuff. So, yeah, he gets hit uh, last year, or, or hits the homer last year, then gets hit last night or two nights ago. Uh, and then Nolan, he doesn't want to hit Freddie Freeman. He was told to do that. You can see the look in his eyes. He throws behind him, which slipped according to uh the manager and then he hits him again i think freddie handled it like a pro oh the person that got the last laugh was Juan soto yeah moonshot. he's like i'm just doing my job i'm just a hitter what i do is hit home runs don't you don't have to be me because i'm good at my job i love that he blew a kiss to the braze bullpen saying that one's for you buddy and you're lucky you don't have to get in the box Yep. You can just, you know, take that pill and throw it wherever you want with zero repercussions. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean,
1: National League relievers really have a good. Jeez. No question about it. Um, kudos to Freddie Freeman. Yes. You're not only an MVP player, you're an MVP dude. He totally diffused the situation yesterday. He went – he and Soto chatted after the inning. And then I've never seen this. I have never seen a player go over to another manager – Dap him up and be like, I get it, yeah. Let's let's stop. Let's just stop. And I don't know what was said in those conversations, but I imagine it went something like that. Like, I understand. I've been around. I know how it is. You hit me in the hip. Still didn't feel good. Let's just stop with this stuff.
0: Why do, why do we want to put our best players in danger? It doesn't make any sense on either side. It's like, we need to stop it all. I mean... Well, you know what? You know where
1: it stops, so, Trev. be honest. I I used to have this discussion with all, all the old-timers in MLB Network. And I used to say, why does it happen? Well, we have to police our own game. Oh, okay. You know what? Why don't you call balls and strikes while we're at it, too, if you're going to police your own game? And why don't we, um, you know, once there is a penalty, why don't we have a kangaroo court decide who gets punished?
0: No, you don't police your own game. You don't. It's... When people say it's just a part of the game, it has been a part of the game. It was a part of the game. It doesn't mean it needs to continue to be a part of the game. There's a lot of stuff that's changed in baseball. Hitting guys because you can't get them out needs to change, needs to leave the game. There's so much information. Just try to get the guy out. It's so dumb.
1: I, 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 I have to move on. <sighs> deep breath rose because (laughs) tops has released the highly anticipated 2021 tops mlb inception nfts collection it's inspired by the popular tops inception baseball physical product now exclusively available at TopsNFTs.com. it has everything from promising young stars breakout rookies to veteran mainstays and also introduces new beginnings which is a set that celebrates both new and familiar faces in new places you can get the five card standard packs and the 25 card premium packs via credit card with NFT card rarities ranging from common to legendary. So go get yours. The packs are going to fly off, I guarantee you. It's the 2021 MLB Inception NFTs available now on topsnfts.com and fear not. Once those limited packs sell out, you can still get them topsnfts Uh, at topsnfts.com Marketplace, all right? So you buy individual NFTs or unopened standard or premium packs all from the same convenient location. That's topsnfts.com.
0: There you go. (laughs) Let's get back to it. What are you laughing at, dude? There's a funny uh, line in the chat here because seeing Rose read words that he doesn't understand is hilarious. (laughs) I do. I do understand it.
1: I get caught because I want to try and still make eye contact while reading the paper. And I think next time I'm just going to read the paper. Okay. (laughs) So tomorrow I might just read the paper. I'll save this paper for tomorrow. Okay. Adam Wainwright. Just turned 40 years old and he's balling. He did a great announcement with his family. Asked all of his kids, hey, should I come back for 2022? Should I come back for 2022? They all adorable. Four girls and a little boy. They all said yes. So he will be back for yet another season in 2022. How shocked are you with the resurgence of Adam Wainwright over the last few years?
0: Personally, I, I'm not shocked, um, but definitely, you know, it's, it's surprising to see someone uh, who seemingly was on the decline at the end of his career kind of have the year he had last year then the year he had this year. But if you go ask his teammates, they're not shocked at all. The way the guy works, um, everyone talks about that. He prepares himself for these games and they're not surprised he's had this success and i kind of dug a little bit deeper into like kind of what happened those those years uh i think you know like say 18 19 when he wasn't having a uh, a good time and then what changed in 20 and 21 uh, the curveball usage uh since 17 curve since 18 19 20 and 21 his curveball usage has been at its peak he throws that pitch more than any other pitch really like it's his sinker, his sinker has just been better. Uh, The batting average on his sinker in 18 was 319. In 2019, it was 333. The batting average against the sinker in 2021, 176. So he's really playing that vertical game. He's got the big 12-6 curveball that goes up to down. And then he's got that sinker also going down. And that's really tough for a hitter. Guys have figured out a way uh, to cover the zone uh horizontally it's the vertical game now that plays so with him how tall he is he uses his leverage and then still goes on that vertical plane and he's kind of just figured that out so it wouldn't surprise me if he does the thing again in 2022 he has the stuff to do it he's just got to convince Yadi to come back one more year
1: well he did Yadi, Yadi did a, he got extended I think while you were throwing oh, up the, while you were throwing up that one night in the toilet you might miss that but Yadi is back um perfect like one year extension he's ready uh Vertical, horizontal, I, I was a good math student. I sucked at geometry, so I'm going to let you handle that stuff. For me, 16 of his 28 starts this year, he has worked into the seven. Yeah. He has thrown the second most innings in all of baseball this year. He has an ERA under three. He's not a big strikeout guy anymore. He is getting it done, and I love to see it. If the question is, how shocked are you? If we're going on a scale of one to ten, I'm at about an eight and a half. I am. The guy's 40 years old. Most guys are retired. They're moved on to the second half of their life. I thought that was going to happen. Last year, he only made 10 starts in the abbreviated season. So I kind of put that up, even though it was a really good year for him, I just kind of put it over here. Before that, the last season in which he had an ERA under four in a full season for him, I think one year he had like seven starts, was 2014. It had been a while since he had been more than an average pitcher. He has come back. He is going to finish in the top five or six in the Cy Young voting. He damn well better get more than $8 million like he got this year. Bueno, I know this is your franchise. I know you've already made 150 mil. Mm-mm. Don't let them get away with that. Don't <laughs> let them get away with that. You earn every dollar you can, brother. You you deserve it. And I am proud of him. I am happy for him. He's a fun-loving guy. He's a good dude. He's a great teammate. I'd love to have him on the Rose rotation sometime soon.
0: If, what it seems like to me is – if you can have one plus plus pitch like he has with his curveball, uh-huh. the data that's out there now, they can kind of game plan your pitch selection, your sequencing around that, and that's kind of what they've done. And Wainwright's, you know, he's an old school guy, so he puts in the work. He went right. deep into games, so he understands the importance of getting ahead. Like his 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 location, his ability to locate is, you know some of the best in the league. And I think teams are going to start to realize that, that you can coach up velo, and you can coach up stuff. Now you can pitch design with these dudes, with these cameras. So I think the days of drafting and just going after guys that have, have stuff, I think might be on the decline. I think you're going to start to see uh, teams and organizations say, who can pitch, who has a pitcher's mind, who can locate because we can teach you velo. And we can teach you stuff. When you combine those two, it's easier to go the other way, I think, in today's game uh, than having someone with just crazy stuff that has nowhere where, that has no idea where it's going. I think it's hard to teach them how to locate. But the other way I think you can teach, and, and Wainwright's kind of like a shining example of it right now at the twilight of his career. Very good.
1: Good stuff. And good stuff for the Giants, who won their Major League Best 90th game yesterday. Um, so – Big picture here. Were the Phillies too quick to toss aside their young, inexperienced manager, Gabe Kapler, after just two seasons? Or
0: has he just matured by the bay? It's probably a little bit of both. After he got fired from the Phillies, I went on this, like, this network that I was doing stuff for a couple of years ago, and I blasted the Phillies. I said, that's ridiculous. He was a scapegoat because they had just signed Harper to that massive deal, and they... Uh-huh. They didn't meet the expectations that they had for themselves. Uh, I don't think it was Gabe's fault at all. There was a few situations that really got blown up when he called for a reliever when nobody was warming up. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. That, that, that kind of like never left the Gabe there. Uh, so there are people who say, oh, he wasn't a good fit in Philly. I think that's bullshit. I think Gabe is a fit anywhere you put him. If you know how he lives his life and how he prepares and how he motivates people, then you know he's going to be a good manager anywhere. I think the Giants knew that, got him, and they've got a steal. Like I think Gabe's going to be a manager with the Giants as long as he wants. It's going to go from Bochi to Gabe, and it's going to be a very similar thing where he's there for a long time, maybe until he wants to go somewhere else or step down.
1: Well, it's real interesting. I did a radio show last night in San Francisco, and they they said, "Listen, Gabe Tapler is going to be a runaway winner for NL Manager of the Year, which is no question. Might probably be unanimous." Um, and they said, well, how much credit should he get? You know, Farhan has done a great job putting this together. They've built a great coaching staff, apparently, uh, behind the scenes, does great work. You know, a lot of these veterans have bounced back. They've got guys like Wade who have popped out of nowhere. Uh, Webb has developed in front of their eyes. They've gotten some, you know, nice one-year signings. I said, okay, great. We understand that in today's game, the manager doesn't do as much as he did 15 years ago we get all that but if you're the best at how you're doing it in today's game then i'm going to give you all the credit in the world i don't care what your job description is i'm not comparing you to tony la Russa of the 2000 season like i don't care about that stuff this is the way the game is managed this is the way it's processed before first pitch this is the formula we're using fine it still takes somebody to motivate these guys and get them pointed in the right direction For the first time, the Giants have won 90 games in their first 140 games for the first time since 1913. That's some Christy and shit. How was the weather that year? It's
0: good. Okay.
1: You know, I always debate whether or not I want to bring up a certain (laughs) date with you just because it's so – you're better than that. You went to Crespi. You could have gone to USC or Stanford.
0: That's low-hanging fruit. Be better. You're right. Let me say this about Gabe and managers in general. What you want in a manager is someone that is consistent with their mindset, that shows up every single day. If there's anybody better than Gabe at that, please let me know. This dude will eat the same thing every day. He'll work out the same every day. He shows up prepared every single day. And when you have that example right in front of you, because that dude's in the weight room, you know Gabe is working. And you're like, if my manager is doing that, I better get on it too. I, I, that's I, not the, hold on. That's not the reason that Giants have all of a
1: sudden burst onto the scene this year no. and reinvented themselves is because Gabe's doing 95-pound dumbbells with curls.
0: You said it yourself. Managers aren't responsible for all these victories, okay? You have to have okay. the players. You have to have the right coaching staff. So the front office, you know, kudos to them for finding some diamonds in the rough, and then the coaching staff for developing some of these guys and taking those analytics and making it palatable for these players. But Gabe, you know, for what managers do, he's the best at. It. Showing up every single day like that, giving you giving – you, showing you and setting an example, there's nobody better than, than Gabe Kepler. And yeah. I've seen it. Chris, I, Chris, I worked out with that dude for a couple different off seasons and there was no better motivator for me. Like I'm watching this dude who's at the tail, of an, tail end of his career who had like basically his whole lat torn off doing pull-ups with a hundred pound weight strapped to him. And like, he's like, yeah, the doctor said, I'd never be able to do pull-ups again. Look at me now. Like he, he's that kind of guy. I'll defend Gabe forever. I could I could talk about Gabe forever. All so right. Well, we week. don't have time today. Let's talk about the hall of fame. Did you get to watch the of speeches? You're uh, the, Let me say this. No, I didn't get to watch the speeches because they were on Wednesday in the middle of the freaking day. What was? I don't understand MLB and they got Derek Jeter. Yeah, this is probably one of the most people have been waiting to hear his speech. And then you plug it in midday on a Wednesday. I don't get it. So you're going to have to tell me what happened. Okay. So the question is: biggest
1: takeaway. And for me, I did watch the whole thing because okay. I was home yesterday and I'm a loser and I don't have anything else to do with my life. So um, I thought the great thing about the three speeches was that I found out and I knew exactly who each person was just by the tone of their speech. With okay. Jeter, buttoned up, non-emotional. I, I wish he would have cried, but I. but that's not him. I guess that's on me. Like I am... I wanted him to be something yesterday, and he wasn't. And that's exactly who he was throughout his entire two-decade career. Larry Walker is a goofball, man. And that's what I wanted. I'm surprised he didn't flick boogers on anybody in the front row. Like, he had a little SpongeBob thing on his lapel. He <laughs> told an amazing story about when he was, you know, fresh in, in rookie ball or whatever, and he, you know, on a fly ball, you know, he, didn't, he ran back in between the bases, cut across the pitcher's mound because he didn't know the rule. Like, that was perfect Larry Walker. It was great. It was funny. I expected him to break out like a a Molson ice in the middle of the thing. (laughs) And then Ted Simmons, I was actually a huge Ted Simmons fan from his Brewer's days. That was like during my time when I was growing up in baseball. I was like, God, that's cool. I love Ted Simmons, but I knew nothing about him personally. Shame on me. I should have known more. He sounded like the most awesome professor you'd want to ever have in college. That's what he sounded like. Even the way he delivered his speech, I was like mesmerized by it. So good. Go back and watch him. Go pull him up on MLB.com. Do yourself a favor. Spend
0: an hour, of quiet time. Listen to each of the
1: speeches. You'll thank me later.
0: Okay. I watched a few of the highlights. I saw some things that went on. I just don't understand why it has to be midday. on. But listen, that, this, this was a rare occasion. Okay. And I agree with you. I think what they need to do in the future is they need to
1: find a Sunday night In July, at the end of July, no Sunday Night Baseball. Sure, Everybody's attention is turned to the Hall of Fame. That's what we do. Okay, I like that. Okay. What do you have on uh, John Boy Media?
0: Well, Chris, as you know, Thursdays are my easy day, although I do have an episode of Sequence uh, premiering today, a little bit later. Uh, We go over Marcus Simeon. And and a bat, he had off Sergio Romo this year. And good. It was, so broke that down. Um, tomorrow we'll have the Friday episode of baseball or talking baseball. But that's it, man. What you got?
1: Uh, we had Lucas Giolito available on the Rose rotation for the first time in about six weeks. And it is, I'll be honest with you. It's the best Giolito episode we've done. I, I really think so. He was relaxed. He was calm. He He's in a good place. He'll tell you where he is physically with the hamstring. But he takes us behind the scenes at the Field of Dreams game. Takes us inside the clubhouse because I didn't know what it was like. I didn't even know if they had showers or shitters or what, what they have. So it was really, really good um, and fun. So go out and enjoy that. And I'm excited because I am about to have my first in-person training session with my trainer since the pandemic started. I've been doing it on Zoom. and uh The gym? No, I'm not going to the gym. She's got a great setup at her house. Oh, perfect. And yeah, but I need to do that. You know, I had a little bit of a health scare recently, and so I don't want to be passing out on Zoom and nobody can revive me. Okay. So I was like, you better save my ass if, if something goes wrong here. You got it? Yeah, be careful, man. I need you every day at 830. I know. Right. I know. And, and I stepped on the scale today for the first time in months, and it was not pretty. It yelled at me and said, hey,
0: badass, get off. That's what Vegas will do to you. It was more than Vegas, though, brother. I was only in Vegas for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going, I'm going to get it running right now. So, me and you, let's go get our, let's go get our physicality on. I love it. And I love it. Tomorrow morning, same time. Everybody have a
1: great, great day. Enjoy your baseball today. Enjoy the NFL kickoff, too. That'll be fun tonight. Yeah. All right. See you tomorrow. Love you, C-Rose. You, you too, bro.